Welcome to Potty Mouth episode. Wait a second, it's not Potty Mouth. It's podcast. Okay. See, now you're the one who keeps on messing up on it, not me. Do you feel really great? I do. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Pottycast, where a mom and her potty mouth daughter talk about life. Again, you don't have to say that every single episode because it's literally in our title. Okay, Pottycast, and today we're going to talk about this great book that I read called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and I loved reading it, and I gave it to my daughter to read, and I think it really changed things for both of us. Yeah, the perspectives that it's... Um that it gives, like the perspective that it gives on this world really changed a lot of things. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to talk about The Four Agreements, which is a really great book that I read that I gave to my daughter, Tamar, to read. But before we get into it, I want to share a life lesson that happened to me today. And Tamar, you know, I feel like I don't give you enough of these practical life lessons, but this is really important, okay? Mm-hmm. You should always have two different cutting boards, at least, in the kitchen. Always have two different cutting boards in the kitchen. Okay, because let me explain something to you. If you <laughs> take a cutting board and you cut garlic on it, uh-huh. that cutting board is always going to taste like garlic. Uh-huh. And then if you cut something like strawberries on that cutting board, your strawberries are going to taste like garlic, which is what happened to me this morning <laughs> when I made oatmeal. I made oatmeal. <laughs> I cut up my strawberries on the cutting board that I used for garlic. And my strawberries tasted like garlic, and it completely ruined my breakfast. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that, 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 so, sounds, that sounds like a good life lesson, Mom. Okay, how many cutting boards do you need in a kitchen? At least two. Why? Because if you cut garlic on one of them, then you've got to make sure that one is always for garlic, and you don't put any other food on it, because the other food is going to taste like garlic. Especially fruit. Like, imagine watermelon that tastes like garlic. <laughs> it's really disgusting, and I know, because I've done it. <laughs> I'm serious. I've done it. It's so disgusting. Probably for for, for 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 the people who don't know, my mom is a complete watermelon addict. She loves. Watermelon. I am obsessed with watermelon. She loves, loves, loves watermelon. I love watermelon. When for her, when 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 five year old, six year old her was pregnant <laughs> with me, all she ate was watermelon and French fries and French fries. That was my diet. Exactly. And look, you're made out of watermelon juice. You turned out good. Okay, so today we're going to talk about The Four Agreements, and this book is by this guy. His name's Don Miguel Ruiz, and what's really interesting is there's tons and tons and tons of books out there, self-help, blah, blah, blah. Why did I start reading this book? I know that's what you're wondering, and I'm going to answer that question. So what happened was Tom Brady was involved in a really big scandal a number of years ago that was called Deflategate, which is, you know, he was found to have deflated the football so that he'd get a better grip on it. And, you know, everyone was all over him about it. And I looked at him and I thought, how does this guy just get up in the morning after he's being bullied so badly for something that he actually did? How does he keep, you know, everyone's mad at him. Everyone's mad at him. Everyone's talking bad about him. And, you know, it looks bad, right? So I started sort of looking into him and I realized that he lived by the rules of the four agreements. And 
Oh, no, I just found it interesting. So I ordered the book and I read it. And it's actually very um, deceivingly simple. Because what it basically says is that when you're growing up, when you're a kid, you make agreements. You make agreements with your parents, you make agreements with people around you, and you live by those agreements. What are those agreements? Do you know, like, for example, what are those agreements? What are the things that a parent says to their child that completely shapes them in their lives? So for me, for example, when I was a little kid, I used to be amazing at swimming. I used to jump in the pool, I used to live in LA, I used to jump in the pool, I used to be amazing at swimming. And I used to swim, 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 and I loved swimming. And then one day my mom said to me, Brenda, you really shouldn't be swimming in the deep end. You could drown. And then after she said that to me, I stopped swimming in the deep end. I was scared. And I have never recovered from my fear of the deep end. So basically what this book says is that we make agreements without realizing that we're making agreements with the people around us and with things that happen so that we are limited potentially by those agreements that we've made. So what this book says is, hey, how about we make four different agreements? And it's deceptively simple, but they're pretty deep. So do you have anything to add about this? Because I've been talking a lot. No, honestly, I feel like this is your episode. Is it really my episode? Yeah, last episode was, was my episode. This oh, like the Snapchat episode? Yeah. Okay. okay, so basically here are the four agreements, and we're just going to go through them a little bit. No, first, before we go through them, I'm just going to say that I read this book, and tomorrow was, I'm going to say, around eight or nine years old. Is that true? You were really young. Uh, no, it was in grade five. Yeah. So how old were you? I was like ten. Okay, so she was 8, 9, 10. I don't know. She was young. Around that And age. she knew how to read. And I thought, you know what? This is a very good book. No, actually, that's not how that happened. I saw the book on the shelf, and I was like, oh, the four arguments, what's this? And then I asked you about it, and then you told me about it. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, she could read that. So I gave it to her to read, and I think it was really great because she's thrown it in my face quite a few times. <laughs> Right? And I'm going to get into what she said to me that has been throwing it in my face, which I don't mind, because if you throw this stuff in my face, it's really important. Okay, so the four agreements in the book are, number one, be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. And number four, always do your best. So I have examples of all of these, and I'm hoping that Tamar can talk a little bit about how these four agreements have changed her life. Um, the first one is be impeccable with your word. I kind of live by this one quite a bit because I know a lot of people who, you know, say that they speak out of their ass, so to speak. They speak out of their ass. And I your feel like... Your friends fart a lot. Are you saying that your friends fart a lot? Mom. <laughs> no, I'm saying that instead of speaking with their head, they speak with their ass. It's it's a saying. So they're farting. It's, it's, it's a saying, Mom. Okay, your brother speaks out of his ass all day. He's always coming up to me and talking to me out of his ass, and it really smells bad. Yeah. Anyways, point is that I know a lot of people who speak out of their ass. Okay, say what you mean. You're saying that they say things that don't I'm make sense? I'm about to explain. Okay. Mom. Okay. <laughs> so, basically, what I mean by that, Mom, is that... <laughs> is that they don't think before they say something and they just blurt it out because that's what they feel like saying. But in full honesty, doing that is possibly the worst thing that you can do. Because if you don't think about what you're going to say, you are later probably going to regret it. Okay, and then there's also the other thing is, which is, you know, and it has a lot of ties to 
just living a good life, which is only say the things that you mean. Like, for example, exactly. if I say to you, I am going to take you to work and then I don't wake up the next morning, I'm like, oh, I'll take a bus. Then you can't trust me, right? So the idea is that when I say something, I say things that I mean, and I'm not going to go back on my word. And I think that's what it means. It means just don't go back on your words. Don't go back on the things that you say that are not what you mean because the other person might want to hear them and you know that you can't do it. Okay, so like basically just don't like, like just like be be like like if you if you can't do something don't say that you can do it yeah like just mean what you say yeah mean what you say right and i try and do that and i think that it's hard for people to do that and i think that maybe i think that it's hard for people to do that mostly because they want to do it but they can never actually bring themselves to do it like they have a good like i don't feel like they do i, I don't feel like most people do it on purpose like they have the intentions to do it they just don't follow through right so when you say something you need to know that you can follow through with it and that you're going to do it. Yeah, because if you don't end up following through with it, then people start tr stop trusting you and they don't and they don't believe you when you said when you said that you are going to do something and it's honestly just a spiral of like distrust. Of and also, it makes you feel bad about yourself. Like if you say that you want to do something but then never end up doing it, you don't have that feeling of accomplishment. Right, you feel like you, you let yourself down. Yeah, that you did something. You feel like you let yourself down and that other person down too. So do you have examples of this where, you know, you might have said something you didn't mean or that you couldn't follow through with and you feel bad about it? Yeah, so my little brother Noah loves drawing so much. And um, he knows that I can draw. So from time to time, he asks me to draw things for him. So one time he asked me if I could draw him a dinosaur, if I can draw him a dragon, if I could draw him... Um, uh what's it called again an optimus prime <laughs> he's into those transformers now um and i like i i i always say yeah sure no i'll, I'll draw it for you in a few minutes but then most sometimes sometimes i don't end up actually doing it in a few minutes and I actually end up doing it the next day i would still do it for him nonetheless because i know that he likes it but i feel like mostly time wise it's hard to keep that so when you only say the things that you mean, you're sort of strong. You become, it gives you strength. It, gave, it gives you strength to express yourself and to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm not going to do. And this is me. So your word means a lot. Like the things that you say mean a lot. And I think that's really important. Um, the next one is one that is like so important. It is, I think. Oh, can I talk about this one? Yeah, this is the biggest lesson of the, I think that I took away from the book. I live it every day, and I think maybe tomorrow you do too, right? Yeah, um, the, this second agreement is the one that I live by the most out of this book. Like, like when I think of the, of the four agreements, I think of that agreement. Right, it's the first one we think about. It's the first one, because it affects me so deeply. So, 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 so the second agreement is don't take anything personally. So you and might have heard, hurt people hurt people. It's no. the same thing, yeah, because if someone's hurt, then they hurt you. So it's like a similar thing. Okay. So explain what don't, why you shouldn't take everything, anything personally. Mom, I was about to do okay, that. Okay, go ahead. Thank ah. you. Okay. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Any go ahead. <laughs> no, feel free. Go ahead, explain it. We're all waiting. Mom! Mom! <laughs> okay, so don't take anything personally means a lot of things. One, 
if someone says something rude to you or they call you a name or they're just like like, like I said if they're rude to you or you know whatever they don't even have don't, to be rude they might just ignore you exactly like if someone is treating you if someone is treating you badly don't take it personally in the sense that it's not it's probably not about you like okay if you if, if you're you, wrong you're saying mom, wait 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 can i say something what you said was wrong because if someone is treating you badly that is somebody treating you badly. But when someone is behaving in a way that don't interpret it as bad treatment, they're not literally treating you badly. You just feel bad from what they're doing and you're taking something personally. Get it? Yeah, okay, what she said. But um, so like if, if they're mad, if they're yelling, if they're ignoring you or whatever, be, and, and, you, and you didn't do anything, like, like, like let's say you say hi to somebody and they're like, go away. You know, it's not necessarily because you did something wrong to them or they're mad at you. They're probably just mad in general or like something happened that ruined their morning and they don't feel like talking to you or or to, or to people in general. Or like uh, in the sense of, uh, I guess, kids, if there's, if, if there's a bully at school and they bully or pick on a certain kid or, or a bunch of kids, then it's probably not because they dislike the kid it's probably because they don't feel power in their own lives or they feel mistreated in their own lives and they want to take it out on somebody else so like i said it isn't only about that specific person that is being mis that is interpreting the that is interpreting their behavior as mistreatment it isn't necessarily about that person okay so i'm just going to elaborate on that because what you said was like you know, I don't want to say you're basic, but <laughs> what you said is very, like, black and white, right? Sometimes you'll get a vibe from someone, and it's not a good vibe. So yeah. instead of just going, oh, that person is vibing badly because maybe they're having a shitty day, you're thinking, oh, my God, this person hates me. They don't want to be with me. They don't want to hang out with me. What did I problem? do? What is their problem, right? So the idea is that when you see someone in front of you, they are bringing so much experience behind them, like what happened to them during their day, how their spouse treats them, how their kids treat them, or how, if you're a kid, how their parents yelled at them in the morning, or maybe they drank milk and it tasted bad. Like they're coming to you with a whole bunch of experiences, and then it's sort of distilling into this vibe or maybe this interaction that is not pleasant. Yeah. Don't take it personally. Because you really yeah. literally do not know what it is that is going on in that person's life. And you can't be this. Who are you to be the center of the world where, oh, this person's mood is because of me? Like, who the fuck are you, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're a person, they're a person. Just give them space. Don't take it personally. Don't feel bad. And it's just once you are able to take in that lesson and live by it even a little bit it's so liberating because yeah. all of a sudden someone's in a bad mood you're like oh my god are they okay instead of or bully somebody's bullying you you're like oh that poor person they must have a pretty shitty life if this is how they behave around people it's so liberating yeah mm. So can I, can I, can I move, can I do the third one? No, because we're still talking about that. Do you have bullies in your school? Yes, I do. Have you been bullied? Not exactly. There but you've been mistreated. Okay, p perfect, perfect fucking example. There was this kid in my elementary, the kid who used to call me a toothpick. 
The irony was that he was not a toothpick, if you know what I mean. I feel like he was self-conscious about his own size, um, and he took that out on me because he saw he, he saw me as slimmer than him, maybe. Um, but okay, so just to explain, because we talked about this on a podcast that we didn't actually release. <laughs> um, when Tamar was little, we were talking about body image, and we might do a body image podcast in the future, but... but we, we don't want to get cancelled. Well, no, 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 it isn't that. It's just it was a bit boring. I was in a bad mood, so we didn't do it, you know? I wasn't my usual bubbly self. So basically <laughs> what she's saying is when she was a kid, she came home crying one day because somebody had bullied her and called her a toothpick, which I found really funny because at that time I was wearing my J. Crew, my favorite jeans were my J. Crew toothpick jeans. And I was <laughs> like, oh, look at these jeans. They're called toothpick because everybody wants to look like a toothpick. And I think that gave her a little bit of comfort, but this is before she read the book. So now, in retrospect, she realizes that this person was coming from a place of pain. Yeah, I feel like, because I feel like, because like all of, all, of, all of their friends were always commenting on that person's body, and um, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like their parents did that too. And when he saw me, he saw, oh, a little girl that looks like a toothpick. Why don't I bully her about her body? Because I feel self-conscious about my own. Things like that, you right, know? Right, right, right. Also, there's this, there's, there's somebody that I know. I'm not going to name names or make any hints. But I am aware that they have a very, very painful and hard life. And like we're saying right now, they are a very mean person. And they do very mean things for absolutely no reason. I have experienced it firsthand, but I don't take it personally because I know that it's not. Because I know that it's not about me. I know that they have a very hard life. They just don't feel like being nice, and they right. just find it so much right. easier if they can just take out their anger on other people. So, do you think that if you hadn't read this book and you hadn't been introduced to the concept of don't take things personally, do you think that you would have been able to see things in this way? Like, how much has this helped you? Um, it helped me a lot because I don't have to stress about someone being mad at me personally. I don't have to stress about any of that stuff anymore. Because, like, when I was a kid, I used to think, like, I'm I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I'm a people pleaser. Right. And honestly, when someone's mad at me, I want to know why and I want to fix it. But when I read the, fir the, the Four Agreements, I realized, wait, if they're mad, it isn't always about me. It isn't always because they're mad at me. It isn't always because they hate me. It's mostly, maybe it's because they, maybe it's because they had a bad day. Maybe it's because someone And you can't them. fix it. You just can't fix and it. And I can't fix it. And you honestly, walk away. exactly. And if they, and if that person is mad at me, I would expect them to come up to me and tell me why they were mad or if they were mad. Right, exactly. You deserve that. So when people lash out at me or when somebody behaves in a way that is rude or or really not needed, like in a in a in a way that is not actually nice, I always just my first reaction is, "Oh my god, I just feel so bad for this person. Like they must be going through something really difficult." So that's how I feel. As soon as someone is behaving in that way, I immediately feel like I feel like I want to help them. I feel sad and I feel empathetic and I feel concerned for them. So um, I think that that's a really, really powerful lesson in the uh, four agreements. And I'm really glad that we read this. I think it's uh, I think it's really, really cool because it really changes the way I see things. Are, 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 are we moving on to the 30th? Okay, so... Wait, no, I want to say it. Okay. 
So this, so the second agreement kind of leads into the third one. They're kind of two in one. This, the, the, the third one is don't make assumptions. So, like, don't take things personally. Like, just because someone's being mean to you, don't assume that it's about you. Like, just don't make assumptions, you know? Like, that kind of thing. Can you elaborate? Because I don't remember that one. That tried. Okay, well, so don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions is also a very powerful one because a lot of the time people will shy away from from asking questions. They'll just assume. So, for example, let's say you're at work and you're doing a really great job and you know, a promotion is coming up for you. And instead of asking for it, you just assume you're going to get it because obviously it's your promotion, like you're the best person for the job. And then they hire someone else and they don't give you that job. You didn't ask for it, but you assumed you're going to get it. It's easier to make an assumption than to ask that question. Yeah. And you don't like confrontation. I really don't. So do you feel like, you know, like if, if you're making an assumption and you don't get what you want, then it's really your fault. Well, the thing is that if I don't, if, okay, if I don't really get a position, I'm not just going to assume that I'm going to get it. I'm going to work for it. But that doesn't mean that I won't, tr that, that I won't like ask, for, like I'm going to, like I'm going to ask for it. But like the, the confrontation thing isn't like asking questions, isn't, isn't like approaching people. That's not what I mean. Confrontation is more as in like fighting. I don't like starting fights. I don't like continuing fights. I don't, I just, I don't like fights in general. That's the are you I'm able like. to like turn around and say, hey, is this cake for me? Are you going to throw me a party? Are you going to buy me a car? Are yeah. you going to help me pay for this? Because if you assume, then you are being a chicken. I feel like that's very unfair to say. No, if you're making assumptions, that is like the lazy way of hoping you're going to get what you want. Okay, but like then again, if you're a person like me who doesn't like confrontation, it's kind of unfair to call me a chicken. Just like j just like you're afraid of the deep end, just because I can go in the deep end and you can't doesn't mean that you're a chicken. Oh, now you're using the deep end against me. People do that to me all the time. You know what? It's the easiest way to drag me. It's the easiest way to I'm drag me. I'm not trying to drag you. People I'm just giving you an example. All the time. It's really no, funny. I'll I'm be not... like, oh, you can't drive. It's like, well, I can swim in the deep end. So I told everybody that but I'm mom, afraid of the deep end, and now I am screwed because everyone has something on me. But mom. But it's my mom's fault, so. But mom. Yeah. You can't say that I'm being a chicken because that's, that's unfair. Well, I think that it takes a certain amount of guts to go ahead and ask the question instead of assuming because a you have to have the guts to ask the question and b you have to have the guts to deal with the fact that you might get an answer that you don't like yeah it's just like it's just like asking somebody out like don't assume that like don't assume that they don't like you or don't assume that, 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 that they do like you if you just ask them you're gonna get you're gonna get your answer Right, so there's assumptions in personal life between your mom and your brother and your dad and blah, blah, blah. And there's assumptions in business life where you want the promotion, where you want that lead, where you want to close the sale. You have to ask the question. Yeah. I feel like making assumptions is very dangerous because it can lead people to believe certain things, to say certain things without it actually being like a material kind of fact yeah so then you're building like castles 
in the sky with no foundation. You're better off knowing or where crossing, you stand. Or you're trying to cross your brain. That, 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 that just doesn't exist yet. Yeah, you're just like, you've taken your brain. You're like, okay, if your whole plan is based on an assumption, there's nothing there to hold it up. Exactly. So you're better off asking the question, maybe getting the answer you don't like so that you can say, hey, why can't I have this job? Or why won't you get me a car? And then you can work through it so that you can get to the goal that you want in a real way. Like, like people nowadays say, if you don't shoot your shot, then you're definitely going to miss. Right, exactly. So like you if you shoot your to... shot, you might miss. But if you don't, then you're definitely not going to get it. Right, so that's the point. The point is that you should always not make assumptions and you should ask the question and you shouldn't be afraid of the answer. Exactly. Cause I f yeah, okay. And then, um, that also... See, now we're going to talk about number four, which That also is, kind oh. of agree. That, that also kind of leads into number four. Okay, what, what's number four? Always try your best. Okay, so always try your best. That one is a really good one because... Do you want to talk first? Because I have a story about this. Well, I feel like you kind of really implemented that agreement into our lives. We're saying, listen, if the, 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 like we talked about in, in, in uh, I think, episode two um no yeah where yeah. did you do your best yeah yeah that yeah like that my mom really implemented that kind of agreement in our in me and my brother's life and uh she says hey if this is your best then that's great if it's not i guess try harder but if you feel like this is as much effort that you could have put into that certain project then that's good for you Okay, yeah, so we're talking about, like, school and how I'm not going to push you to do things that aren't about you and who you are and what you're doing in your life. Like, I'm just not going to push you to be somebody that you're not. I'm just going to be like, this is who you are. You're not good at this, and that's fine. And you're great at that, and that's fine. doesn't mean that your brother has to be great at it, right? That's one thing. What always do your best, to me, um, it's really powerful because... I'm going to say about five years ago, I found myself in a really bad place. Like, really, really bad place. Six now, I think. Yeah, it was about five years ago. Like, I lost everything. Everything was upside down for me. And, you know, it was, it was a really bad situation. So what did I do? I was like, I will do any job that will take me. So I went and I interviewed for a bunch of jobs. And I took one of the jobs and I started working there. And I was like, ah... Uh, this job is really kind of not for me. I'm never going to make the money I need to make to take care of my children. It's really not where I want to be. But I'm here now, so I'm going to do my best. And, you know, it's amazing because I did do my best. And I do my best every day. Some days I do my best more than others. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. No one's perfect. Like I said, your best is how much you can put in at, at that moment. Right. So I always try and do my best. And I'm actually really successful in this job now. And I actually really love it. And it wasn't because, oh, it was my dream job. This is what I want to do. And this is exactly, you know, I got what I wanted. It was only because I actually said, here I am. I'm going to do my best. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I don't feel like going to yoga. I go to yoga. I'm on my mat and I'm thinking, I don't want to be here. I'm just going to sleep. And sometimes I just do it lazy, and sometimes I'm hardcore about it. But every time I go, I just really try and do my best. It makes me feel good, and it brings me to the next level. It always brings me to the next level where I can level up into, okay, 
next. I'm getting better at this. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, trying your best to really, I feel like it's a very vague kind of topic because the best differs from person to person. You know, like, like your best isn't like 90s, 80s, let's say in school. Your best is the highest mark that you personally can get. You know? Right. And I think that, you know, sometimes we're in situations that we don't like. Like we're in shitty situations and we don't want to be there. We don't want to do that thing. And you always have to say, you know what? I'm here. I'm just going to give it my best effort. Mm. I remembered um, an example that the book gave us about agreement number one. Can I go back to that? Okay. So just for people who, if you don't remember, so you don't have to go back, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Like, like my mom's example of the swimming pool, I remember the book told me this story. So there was once this little girl who loved to sing so much. And this kind of leads into don't take anything personally, too. So it's like the two. It's like the two mixed. Don't take anything personally and be impeccable with your word. So there was this little girl who loved to sing. So she sang and sang and sang all day long, and her mom loved it. But one day, her mom had a really, really bad day at work. And she came home and her daughter was singing all over the place, singing as loud as she can. And the mom was like, shut up, I don't want to hear it. Or something like that. It was like, shut up, I don't, don't want to hear your voice. Or it's something that put the girl down to make the girl think that, oh, my voice is bad. Or saying, your voice doesn't, or like, your voice is hurting my ears or giving me a headache or something. And the girl felt attacked. And really, really insecure. Um, and so from that day on, she never sang again. And I feel like that really, like, be impeccable with your word, as in think before you say again, because it can really impact a person. And two, don't think, don't, like, that's on, that, that's on the, on the mom's part. Mm-hmm. On the girl's part, don't take anything personally. As in, just because your mom is yelling at you doesn't mean that your voice is bad or is telling you that her voice is, that your voice is giving her a headache. I can understand fully how that can be taken and personally. And you know, I understand that too, because you do that all the time. I know. You're right. always singing. I'm, I'm, I'm always singing. But I actually love it when you sing. Like, I'm sitting in my kitchen, and you're in the shower, <laughs> and you're singing like Rihanna or Adele, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, she is the cutest. And my son is like, when is she ever going to shut up? And I'm like... Okay, leave her alone. She's awesome. But see, every, every now and then, Ari tells me that I sound good. Yeah, I know. And when you hear that, you're like, okay, I must be amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't take don't take that personally. Okay? I'm, I'm not taking it personally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, don't take things personally and be impactful with, it, with your word. It's a perfect example because it wasn't about her voice. It wasn't because her voice was bad. It was because she had a bad day at work. Yeah, so that's really important because... The more I live through, like, children, because, you know, I'm a stage in my life where all of my friends have children, everyone in my <laughs> family has children, I have children, and I talk about children a lot, because it's like childs. where we are, yeah, like, just some child, <laughs> so, you know, just, and... Just, j- just to be clear, it's child with an S at the end, childs. Yeah, lots of childs, so <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. And what is really, really clear to me is that the small things that you say to a child has a huge consequence on their life. 
Yeah, of course, because a child's brain is the most impressionable. Yeah, like, especially, I was Especially really, before you're 10 years old. I was really unattractive when I was younger, and people used to say it to me. They used to be like, oh, you have a mustache. Oh, you have a unibrow. Oh, you look like a little Mexican boy. You know, I was very unattractive. And, you know, if you saw me now, you would never be able to believe that I was ever <laughs> unattractive. But I was very unattractive. Your mom's gorgeous. And I was very unattractive. And people said it to me. And, you know, even today, when people look at me, I feel like they are looking at a short little Mexican boy. Just to, And there's nothing wrong with Mexican boys. I'm just saying that when you're a grown woman, you don't want to look like a Mexican boy. Well, but so, when, when, you're, when, you're a, um, when you're a girl, you don't want to be... It's just like bottom line, when you're a girl and identify as a girl and want to look like a girl... You don't want to be mistaken as a boy. Okay, so people always thought I was a boy. I had a mustache. Like, I didn't even have, like, a hairy upper lip. I literally had a mustache. It was really bad. And sometimes we'd go to parties, and my mom would put lipstick on me. So I had lipstick on, and I had a mustache. So I was... My, my childhood was very awkward, and I never got over it. And people never stopped telling me how I was overweight, how I was unattractive... And you know what? It's been years, and I haven't been able to shake it off. Like, when people look at me, I think that they are thinking, oh my god, what an ugly child-like person this is. I don't feel like myself because of the things that people said to me when I was younger. So, basically, I'm not saying all this so that you could feel sorry for me or anything. I'm just explaining that the things that we say to children have a far-reaching consequence into their adult life. Yeah, I have an example of that, too. Um, Are you going to tell me something I said to you that's really no, messed you up? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Because no. <laughs> I'm always saying crazy shit. <laughs> if you guys, maybe we should do like a vlog one day where, where we just record the whole day and take snippets for, from our day that's funny and put it into like a bonus episode. Okay, this is a brainstorming session. Oh, come this on. This is an actual <laughs> podcast, okay? Okay, fine. All right, so what were you going to say? I was going to say that, so, like, okay, on, on, on the topic of, like, mental illness, um... We weren't talking about mental illness. I know, but Are I'm saying... saying like, you are saying about you. illness after I was talking about stuff? Are you calling me mentally ill right now? Mom, don't take things personally. Is this what you and your therapist came <laughs> up with in your last session? You're like, I think your mom is mentally ill. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm so glad she's paying for my session. <laughs> Mom, don't take things personally. Okay, on the topic of mental illness. <laughs> on the topic of, 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 of mental illness, I have a friend who um, suffers from a lot of different, like, um, like, a, like anxiety and depression, things like that. And their parents always said, oh, stop seeking attention. You're only, you're only, you're only faking it for attention. And they said it so much that she actually started to believe it. She actually started to believe, wait, what if I'm, what if I am doing this for attention? What if this isn't actually real? What if I don't actually have anxiety? What if I don't actually have a d depression? What if I am actually faking it? And, like, even, like, now that she's older, she still thinks, like, am I faking this? Is this real? Like, I'm like, like, she, like, she still questions her own, I guess, I, I don't, I don't know how to put it. She's questioning her own sanity. Yes, that. Okay, that's gaslighting. Yeah, I That's know, but it's still, story. I know, yeah. but it's still, it's still, like, putting ideas in the person's yeah. head that really affects them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the things that you tell children are going to really stick with them. 
Well, not being impeccable with your word, especially with kids, could lead to gaslighting them. Yeah, and it could lead to problems later where children see themselves in a certain way because... And this is what the book is about, because they've made a silent agreement with you that this is who they are. Yeah. I agreed with my... I'm not going to, like, blame everything on my mom, but I agreed with the people who were around me that I was growing up with, that I was ugly, that I was fat, that I was kind of shitty. And, you know, I do things, and they're not shitty, and people are like, oh, my God, you are so good at this, or you're so good at that. I have a really hard time even believing them because of how I was conditioned when I was a kid to believe that I was really shitty. Just like, just like the silent agreements are, are, are like a contract and really hard to nullify. Yeah, especially when you're little. You make agreements with yourself. You make agreements with the people around you. And, you know, these are the ones... The, these are the agreements that we live by. And, you know, when you're older and you've got a contract in front of you, you could read it before you sign it. But when your personality is being developed and you're growing up, you're just making agreements that you have no idea what they mean. But you agree and everyone agrees with the fact that you are X. And that's how you're going to live your life. And then you have to turn around and read this book so that you could break those agreements and make four new agreements. So I found this really, really powerful. And I was talking about Tom Brady at the beginning because he really takes this very seriously and he's able to continue his life and deal with all of the negativity that he had to deal with during Deflategate because he knew that the people who were saying bad things about him, first of all, didn't know him. And second of all, were coming from their own life. Like, who are these people and why should I listen to them? Yeah, also, um, for people who don't know what gaslighting means in the last few, in the last, in, in the last few minutes, my mom mentioned gaslighting. Gaslighting is basically, um, can you explain it? Because gaslighting, it's hard for me to explain. You know how to explain Okay, it. so gaslighting is when you tell someone something and you keep saying it to them to the point where they start questioning their own sanity. Like, for example, let's say you are a girlfriend and you go to your boyfriend's place and there's some makeup on the floor, like there's a thing of mascara and you don't wear mascara. And you're like, whose mascara is that? Or and he's like, that's your mascara. And you know that it's not your mascara. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That is your mascara. Like, why are you making a big thing out of it? You bring mascara, you put it here, and you're yelling at me? That is your mascara. Whose mascara is it? Do you think I wear mascara? And then you're, like, looking at it, and you know that you've never worn mascara, and you're pretty sure that you didn't buy mascara. So you're like, no, 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 that's not my mascara. And then he's like, okay, you're insane. What the fuck is wrong with you? That is your mascara. Stop bothering me about it why are you making a big thing out of it it just goes on and on and on and on and on until you go you know maybe i did buy mascara maybe that is my mascara like maybe i'm wrong because that's the only thing that could be the right explanation here is that i'm wrong that's called gaslighting because then you're like oh my god am i like crazy where i think that's not my mascara but what you said about your friend, that's perfect gaslighting, where she's, like, in pain, and then her parents are saying to her, you are acting, you want the attention, and then she's like, they say it to her enough times 
that she starts questioning her own motives and her own sanity. That's gaslighting. That's a form of abuse. That's not... It might be a agreement, but it's also a form of psychological abuse. Um, also, a, a perfect, perfect example is that, you know that, that one song that I showed you and you were like, that is, that is classic gaslighting, and I didn't know what that meant, and that was a song that you explained gaslighting to me too. How does that song go again? Is that Shaggy? Wasn't me? So. Yes, wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me by Shaggy. That's a perfect song. Copyright <laughs> hanging, banging with the girl next door. Picture this when we're both butt naked, banging on the bathroom door. Na 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 na. That song. Yeah, and perfect he was like, wasn't me. He was like, no, she's wasn't standing me. there looking, and he's like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. So that's gaslighting. That's yeah. like a form of psychological abuse, and it's actually not funny. It's 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 not, but it's a perfect, perfect example. And the song is, wasn't me by Shaggy. Perfect example. It's funny, but it's really very sad because that's what yeah. men do. Like abusive men will gaslight a woman, and abusive, abusive women, women will gaslight a man. Too. So that's the same. Let's kind say of thing. abusive people will gaslight other people. Okay, so basically, these are the four agreements. It's a very sort of simplistic kind of overview that we gave you because we just wanted to let you know about it a little bit um but uh you know if you it's it's part of like tolkic wisdom it is you know a very uh it's it's a very powerful set of agreements set of rules that you can sort of implement into your life and also maybe not give your teenager that book to read necessarily but maybe start talking to them about hey you know, you shouldn't really say things that you don't mean, and you shouldn't really make assumptions. Like, if you want something, go and ask for it. Or when someone is rude to you, don't take it personally. Like, you did that to me the other day. I was like, why have you been ignoring me? Are you mad at me? You came home from work, and you went in your room, and you didn't talk to me, and I was, like, trying to get your attention. And I said, are you mad at me? And I'm like, no, I was just on my feet for eight hours straight. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's much. so hard for you. It is. Oh my god. See, my mom, my mama starts. So my mom starts beating me up about this because yeah, she's on her feet. Hey, mom, it's a saying. It's she, not a nice it's saying. It's a metaphor. I never beat you up. I'm dragging you. Okay? Fine, fine, fine. She drags me about staying on my feet all day, even though she stays on her feet all day. I'm like, but ma'am, you choose to stay on your feet well, all I have day, a standing desk. and you also have the option of a chair. I don't have the option of a chair, and I get yelled at if I stand if, if I sit on. You get on, yelled on, on at. The they yell at you. Well, no, not yelled at. They're like they're like tomorrow. I'm like yes. Yeah. So they're like don't sit on the table, and I'm like okay. So okay. So anyways, you're on your feet all day. It's so hard for you that I got you a cushy job at a tech company, and it's really easy. And you're not. I was just in a really bad mood that day. What do you want? Okay. So anyways, I was like, what's the matter? Are you mad at me? And what did you say? I said, no, I'm just in a really bad mood. But you said, don't take it personally. Remember the four agreements? Like, you actually said that. And that's what gave me the idea to do this podcast, because I think that we've been using these four agreements in our life together. And I think it's really made a positive impact. It's part of the reason why we don't fight that much. Or it's, or it's, and, 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 and how we also use it to, like, resolve most of our fights, like, like, uh, be impeccable w w with your word. We also, like, whenever we're fighting, we usually calm down before we start talking so that we don't fight while we're mad. Because when, because saying, my mom told me this and I will never forget it. When you're mad, do not speak because you will regret it. My mom told me that and I live by that. 
When I'm mad at someone, I don't speak to them until I've calmed down because I do not want to regret anything that comes out of my mouth. But I have to say that sometimes you'll do something. Like one day we were walking past someone's house <laughs> and you literally said something rude about them. And I was like, why are you such a fucking moron? We're in front of their house. And then I thought, okay, I just called her a moron. That was really bad of me. Is she going to live her life? The funny part that, that you didn't even apologize. I know, but I just felt so bad after. I was like, this is not right. I shouldn't be calling her a moron. Yeah, you really shouldn't, Mom. You're really setting a bad example for me. Okay, but <laughs> did that really affect you? Did you think that I thought you were a moron? No, of course not. Did you feel any more moronic than usual after I said that? Nope. You were just regular moronic? <laughs> yeah. It didn't enhance your level of moronosity. Nope. Moronosity, I love that. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people say to you, you're messy, or you're not organized, or you're lazy. You're always late. Like, when people say that to you, I really just get my, like, back up. I don't like it when people say that to you because I don't agree with talking to you like that. So when people say that to you, do you actually absorb that in a way where you believe what they're saying? Uh, it depends. I feel like you think negatively about yourself in certain situations because people have said things like that to you. I think that this is a talk for another podcast, but there are a lot of things that really there there are a lot of things in my childhood or school wise, not 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 home life at all. Home life was amazing for me. But um there are a lot of things in like my childhood and the way that people used to talk to me when I was a kid, um, that really made me question my own sanity and my own view of myself. Thinking that I'm looking at myself the way I look at myself, but like so many people are agreeing on the same thing. What if I'm looking at it wrong? Okay, so do you want to get into like the specifics of that? Because that's so like nebulous. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I will get into it on an another podcast because okay. it is a it is way too big of a topic to talk about right now. Okay, but what I want to say is that you are slow. And you've always been slow in motion. Like you take your time. And when you were a baby, you were like that too. You know, I used to feed you and you used to chew your food for such a long time. <laughs> and I'd be like, swallow it already, you know? So you were always very like deliberate and you had your own schedule. You had your own timetable and also you just do things at your own pace. By slow, she means not, not, not mentally slow. She's not yeah, she, me I'm saying pace wise, you're slow. Like you do things slowly you don't rush and nothing gets you to rush so i observed <laughs> that when you were little and now i really try and give you space to be as slow doing things as you want to be but it takes a lot for a parent to say you know what this is who you are i accept that this is the way you do things and i celebrate that because that is who you are and so I think in a lot of ways, you just have to look at your kid and say, this kid is good at this. This kid is really into that. And just live with that. Mm -hmm. Don't try and push your beliefs on them. Yes. How do we get to that topic? Well, we're just talking about like, you know, not putting your kids down, like just saying, hey, yeah, oh, like you're always late. You're such a slow poke. You're always slowing us down. Like, that's a way of looking at it negatively. 
Yeah. But instead of looking at negatively, it's like, oh, you like to do things in a very deliberate manner. You like to take your time. You have your own pace. I try and celebrate that about you instead of look at it as, oh, this is really cramping my style because I have 18 things to do in the next three seconds. And I can only do three of them because tomorrow is so slow. Yeah, I got my own pace. I try whenever I'm using whenever I'm on someone else's time, I try and speed myself up. But whenever I'm on my own time, honestly, I just like to do my own thing. Like yeah, you're really chill. Like no, literally nobody can speed me up ever. My, my mom, my mom and dad have tried. <laughs> okay, so um we're just going to wrap this up right now. The four agreements are you, you Well, I just want to say what they are. Okay. And then I'm going to let you do the summary at the end. I know, but I'm just going to talk about this book. So The Four Agreements um, by Don Miguel (laughs) Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz. And it's really about self-limiting beliefs. And it says here that rob us of joy and create needless suffering. It's based on ancient Tolkien wisdom. And The Four Agreements offer a powerful code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. I mean, that's a tall order. It's very, it seems very simple. These are the four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. And it's very deceivingly simple. It's actually complicated and very deeply rooted. It's something that takes a lot of discipline and action to implement. And if you read this book, you might, even if you get one small thing out of it, I think that we've done our job. I think that it also takes a lot of conscious effort. Yeah, you can't just like, you have to let go of your old agreements. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like just going back and saying, hey, why do I think that about me? I don't have to believe that about myself. I can stop believing that. I can stop thinking that, right? <laughs> that's funny, because I always ask myself, why am I so nice to people? Okay, that's something else. All right, so do your summary. Let's get on with our day. So um, this was the four agreements um, about making different, um, like I said, agreements with yourself and, and other people. And these are the four agreements that we presented to you that have really changed our lives. Hopefully, you can go read that book. Maybe it'll change your life, even if you take a little thing out of it. We, we hope that it helps you find, you just retrieve yourself. You just copied of, what I said. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing the summary. You robbed me of my summary, so now I'm going to do the summary at the end. Um. <laughs> you're <laughs> such a baby. No, you're not. I was trying to talk baby. about you <laughs> so rudely. Honestly, are, no, people, that's, that's petty, okay? That's but everyone's petty. like, but everyone, everyone's like, wow, it's my, you're so mature. But in full honesty, I am a child at heart. <laughs> Yeah, people do think you're mature. You put on a very good act. I do. I'm a, I'm a good actor. I know, because really, you're just a little baby. <laughs> little baby gang. <laughs> anyway, so um, we hope to see you guys next Thursday. Okay, Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, hope you had a really fun time listening to this short little podcast, short and sweet. Yes. And uh, we'll We'll make sure to see you next time. Yay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.